So welcome to Café con Science. This is Nico. This is Kami. I'm Andrea. And um, this week, I guess it's like 2 p.m., so it's really coffee break, but we finished our coffees already, so you don't have to hear us <laughs> sleeping. Uh, but we decided to change the segment a little bit more, and rather than just randomly uh, talking about or ranting about our weeks, um, we asked In three everybody... Words. Yeah. We asked everybody to, at least as a, as a starter, to bring us one story from the last week, from their life lives as uh, scientists so i don't want i don't know who wants to go first uh i'll go first all right we got a hard no from the other two yeah, yeah. um okay yeah so i guess i'll talk this week about how i did very little research because and this is for a good reason uh, i wasn't just being lazy so there's um there's a, a program every summer here where they have like high schoolers come for a few weeks and um, they do all sorts of things because they're usually like first generation or would be first generation college students, that sort of thing. And there's a unit that's a STEM unit and we show them cool science things that are somewhat related to our research and we're just whatever cool topic we can tie together because there's like five or six grad students who work on this. And so my week's always first because everyone's science is like super applied compared to mine. And so as a result, the way to fit my stuff in is at the beginning, and so I have to do it in, like, a week and a half. And so I spent all week, like, putting together some lectures and some, like, activities because you have to, like, keep them engaged, whatever. They're, like, in 10th grade. They just finished 10th grade, and so they're... I thought you worked on batteries. Yeah. Um, so, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been mistaken this whole However, time. however, I will say that oh no i know why you're confused because there was that other volunteering the smart thing yeah where one of the students worked on batteries and he worked with some people that i knew oh, it's not my lab though smart okay that makes is sense a, a research program for undergraduate students yeah 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 okay. yeah because we were talking about batteries and you were telling me how ideally you should never let your phone die under like 40 percent oh that uh yeah anyway so Sorry, some that batteries was, that's are like, like your stuff is super that applied. Like yeah, it's, okay. yeah, that's a whole thing. But anyway, uh, this is different. This uh, I will be talking to them about batteries though, because since it's like a big, like month or two month long like curriculum thing, you kind of start building up topics so that you know people can talk about cooler stuff later. Mm-hmm. So I will be talking to them about like redox reactions. Okay, which is what happens in batteries. So um they'll I'll make them do like little voltaic cells with like the salt bridge and the copper oh, and the cool. zinc. But it was is weird because you have to think of like all these activities and try to make them interesting enough without having like too much to teach in 2 days. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing the last week. Well, it's really but, fun. But still, you know, we do more than research, right? So you're preparing yeah, yeah, yeah. you're preparing to teach yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, I've done like, you know, there's also research I've done, but this has been more, yeah, I'm, more I'm fun sure than normal. That <laughs> when you say you haven't done research by many people's standards, you had a pretty productive week. Uh, and that is very productive, by the way. I, oof, man, that is such praise. And it's like super untrue. <laughs> I think. Um, no, this was fun. Um, it's fun to like have autonomy to make. Because even when you're a TA, you don't come up with the assistant. yeah yeah you don't come up with the curriculum yourself, you know like the department's like this is what you have to teach them, mm-hmm. which I love. Which when is great. I was a TA, yeah you don't because I time can't to imagine trying to come up with a, a curriculum, but well, I see how it would be really fun for just like two, yeah, days. two days. It's great. But you know, t- 
TAs is also supposed to be a way to teach people how to teach, right? So like yeah, when you're a TA, true. you're also learning the ropes. And then, you mm-hmm. know, once you've TA like for a couple of years, then you should be able to do your own thing or something or a year or something. Yeah. But uh, the, the set curriculum is also meant to teach the TA, but also protect the students, right? Right, standardizing it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. So that's what you did. That's what I've been, yeah. Well, one of the, well, one of the things that you... That's my highlight of the week. Highlight of the, I like <sighs> that. Highlights. Um, okay, so my highlight of the week is that I was very excited that it was a short week uh, <laughs> because I got into the lab and I was like, it feels a lot like a Monday, but it's Tuesday and then it's Wednesday tomorrow and then it's Thursday and it's almost over. <laughs> so that was really awesome. Uh, but my main highlight is I did really work on some research. Um, we finally outlined the paper that I'm going to be writing with mm. the most recent res- recent results. So that's super exciting. Um, but because of that outline, we realized that I could have better data. Because <laughs> the, the data that I have like tells a pretty compelling story, but we want like a final really awesome figure. Yeah. Um, and this week I've just been working on printing. So I work on 3D printing. So I was 3D printing that structure. And then today I was just preparing it for the testing that I'm going to do tomorrow. And hopefully it's going to be that really awesome final figure that makes everybody you know want to come interview me from like cnn and all the biggest news <laughs> channels because it's such breakthrough results yeah the final <laughs> test because you you told you know you do 3d printing mm-hmm. for trying to trick stem cells into growing two exactly different cartilage right? yeah in particular right so is this test going to be, you told us you sometimes go and you put it in bunnies. And... Yeah, so this is not that type of test. It's something that I'm working on separately. So because I work on very interdisciplinary um, projects, I have many projects going on at once. But my main thesis is trying to 3D print things that you can characterize really well and predict those properties really, really well so you can match the properties in a specific tissue. So the work oh, that I'm so doing that, now... So that when somebody says, like, I want to print something that has this strain, this shape, yeah, and these young models and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can be like, I know how to do that. Exactly. And then my whole dissertation will be like a recipe book for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, right now I'm working on really fine-tuning the control of mechanical properties. So because um, tissues in general, specifically like cartilage and bone, um, can be very like heterogeneous. And we want to um, modify our 3D printed structure so it can match those heterogeneous properties. So heterogeneous means yeah. that it's like <laughs> different um, and it changes very quickly. So yeah, instead of homogeneous, space. which is like all the same in like the spatial area. So right now what I did is I 3D printed a structure that changes really quickly. And what I mean when I say quickly is that it goes from like really soft to really stiff and like 100 microns. Um, for somebody like Nico, that's like, oh my God, that is so large. What are you talking about? That's not small at all. But cells are like on the order of like tens of microns. So that's like good for them. Um, so now I'm going to be testing if like what I predicted and what I printed is actually what I got. So we shall see. Maybe next time I'll let you guys know which nature which, journal will, it will be published yeah, in. Actually, you, should, you should publish in a probably in science. Yeah. Let's support the not-for-profit ones. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like trying to, I mean, unsuccessfully boycott nature. because Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's what? a whole other topic yeah. that we could dive into. Are you like spe- like uh, specifically only submitting papers to? Well, I mean, I don't. I I try to very heavily just publish in not for profit journals. Huh. Oh. 
Oh, like so science cool. or yeah. all the physical reviews. You say like publishing letters. and science is like a choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You know. I try to publish in places like science. No, but if you might as well, if you're going to submit to nature, you might as well submit to yeah, yeah, science. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I'm that not saying true. just exclusively. Like nature offers other things that other journals can't offer for yeah. sure. But I think giving the choice, you know, try to go... Yeah. to the other ones and okay. you know the saying about friends don't let friends believe in impact factor mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so. so I guess for context for our listeners um, the impact factor is a number that is used to so it's the average number of citations that a paper in a particular journal has gotten after 12 months of publication yeah but there's a lot of talk about how that's like not really a, a helpful metric a very helpful metric or a good way to know whether like the research that was done was like well done yeah, and... because you could you could also have a paper in like science that gets no citation so you could also think that that paper had very little impact even though citation that's not the only impact. and when somebody cites you it means that somebody used your work for their, their own work right yeah. so it advances the field and there's like plenty of examples of like amazing papers published in smaller journals that have like 10,000 citations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, like, the work was important, right? Yeah. But uh, anyway, but I, I really hope, but, you know, since we have to play the game to advance our careers, you know. Might as well Let, let us know what, you know, science, and if not, what is your second choice in the yeah. nature group? <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, what about you, Nico? So my highlight of the week of my life as a scientist, so I did a lot of things this week. Um, I'm trying to tie a lot of loose ends uh, before I take paternity leave, uh, which I don't really have a choice of when that will happen. Mm, the story starts maybe like three or four weeks ago, or if you want the story, maybe it starts five years ago. But <laughs> this is kind of the, the, the part a little bit of networking and making your interests known. Know? So um, I am very interested in, in, in policy, especially, especially like how does, um, you know, federal agencies or the government or any government, by the way, like kind of sets policies that impact scientists and science and education and you know how you should use data for that or not use data and how do you judge expertise and how do you take values and morals and politics into account in the decision making and so when i was a phd student i like took a lot of classes talked to a lot of people um and i worked with different scientists here that maybe they were physicists but they're also very active like advocates or um you know, members of their community. So I have talked to, to Noah Finkelstein, who's a professor here in physics. Basically, because he knew I was interested in this a uh, few weeks back, he kind of wrote me into this wider national effort by the American Physical Society mm-hmm. to try to pass legislation to reform the visa structure for PhD and postdocs and like professional researchers. They're very focused on just STEM, but I would like it to be just in general disciplines. But they're trying to identify different senators that would be willing to be co-sponsors of this bill. And then they were, um, they had identified one of the senators here in Colorado could be a good fit for it because of its past voting history and stuff mm. from the Republican side. So then what they were trying to do is find people that would be interested in participating into this effort. So Noah end up, ended up writing a, an op-ed in one of the... Um, newspapers here in Colorado, the Colorado Gazette, and um, kind of advocating to at least reform so that the students that are internationals when they come here, that the visa is not is not a non-immigrant visa. So for our listeners, <laughs> a student visa is a visa where you say you're not having intention to immigrate into the U.S. So when you come as a student, you have to promise that you won't stay. 
Um, and then this is very geared, very much geared towards undergraduate stu students, but since it's the only visa that exists, PhD students also do it. Um, but for PhD students, it's kind of a tricky, tricky situation because you bring people in and then you train them into becoming these very high skilled, very successful people um, in, in their fields. And very often, you the U.S. is funding their their PhD. Like my PhD was fully funded by U.S. federal agencies, um, and then you make it extremely hard for them to stay in the U.S. and contribute to the economy. So then these people end up leaving mm -hmm. because there's no mechanism for them to like even stay as residents because you're supposed to leave because you were not supposed to immigrate. And so they would like to reform that so that you can have a dual intense student visa so that if you wanted to stay, you could stay. Um, and then, so what I proposed that I could do is I could go talk to uh, staffers from the senator's office in person and share more personal stories uh, from different friends and for myself on what does this policy, what is the impact of this particular policy of not even able to uh, making it really hard for people to stay, what impact does it have on people and then making them be more human. Mm -hmm. So I did that, yeah, not two days ago. So I like prepared. This one picture I can show you where, for example, I explained, for example, for me, uh, proposing to my now wife was a violation of my visa. Ooh. Because proposing to somebody is an attempt to immigrate, if that person is a U.S. citizen. Oh, because so, she's a U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. So oh. what I end up having to do is like hire a lawyer to navigate the system. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I became a resident like three weeks ago, finally. So it took three years wow. and about $5,000. And I have a, you know, and I, I could afford it. And I, you know, I mean, I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm okay, smart. So I could make informed decisions. But this is a very unfair um, kind of system. So, so it's very frustrating because these are people that could contribute a lot to the economy. But in many cases, either decide to leave because or it's too hard. To leave. Or, you know, required to leave. Or, you know, it, it just requires a ridiculous mm -hmm. amount of energy and money to stay. And so I think the U.S. is making a mistake and that has an impact in Colorado's economy. So that's what I wanted to do. So it was very interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, classic meeting with a staffer that he was very nice, very attentive, but, you know, also like 22 years old, just graduated <laughs> from school. Yeah. Um, and then uh, these people received like, you know, a million calls and requests all day. But... I, but you yeah, actually met with him. It wasn't like you called him on the phone and said, No, I refuse. I refuse to talk on the phone on I think like in-person meetings, especially yeah. the first time for anything. Um, like, but especially something like this that people aren't like. And then, my, yeah, my point is to bring the humanity back yeah. into, you know, if you do this, these are the people who you, you impact. Mm -hmm. um, and especially because when people come here for PhDs, you know, this is a time of people's life. You know, you're 23 to 31, 32 is usually a time where statistically speaking, a lot of people find their significant others or like partners or make really big life decisions and it's really hard to move afterwards so it's also kind of a the system is very unfair in that way yeah mm -hmm. and anyway so that was that was uh, the highlight of my week that's cool yeah that's very cool keep us updated yeah and you know it's a little grain of salt so we'll see if there's any response there might not be any this is how so how it works but yeah i also don't know any phd students who have like an extra five to ten thousand dollars to pay for a lawyer so it's hard yeah <laughs> no you have to you have to save it's a lot of planning and then we can talk about the process is very um humiliating because it's designed to be 
Yeah. And so, and, and. Humiliating or yeah. humbling? No, no, no. Humiliating? <laughs> oh my God. It is not designed to be humbling. It's designed to make you feel. Bad, bad about yourself? Well, it's also, it's also meant to, the system was designed to, I mean, it's nobody's fault. So this is why I told the staffer. Like, I'm not blaming anybody because it's really, it's a patchwork. Yeah. That nobody, like there's, this is a clear example that there's no clear policy and we're using whatever is there. And what we're proposing that this senator co-sponsors is also another patch. Like you wouldn't solve the wider problem. The U.S. doesn't have a clear like visa policy or immigration policy. So, um, yeah, it's designed to protect the citizen. So like um, it's designed to uh, distrust the what we call aliens, right? Yeah. So I'm called an alien. Yeah. Um, and so... Oh, especially because you're getting married and they're like, oh, you're like Yeah, so, so for example, that interview yeah. was just to make sure, like, I was not tricking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, but the assumption is that I am. Yeah. And that's the part Guilty that, until proven innocent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I gotta wow. tell you, I, okay, so to be fair, when we went through this process, I was in elementary middle school. Yeah. When we became citizens. But I don't remember my, maybe my parents did. I'll have to ask them. I'm so curious now. Of course, they like you know we're both Colombian, and so they weren't like trying to marry Americans yeah. or anything yeah. like that. So maybe they had more weird questions for you than they would have had. And this was also like great. No, like they had solid questions. And then 10, there, 15 years yeah, ago, the questions on the forms are also hilarious, right? Because yeah. I have to say, like, I have never, you know, sold drugs or right. I had never like recruited like underage people for fighting purposes and. I have oh. never like the list of questions. She's really checking all the boxes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very, and I have never been a pimp, and I've never been a prostitute, and I've never. Oh, wow. I, I, I had to say that I, I have not been known to be a habitual drunkard, and I had to wow. like Google what a drunkard was, and I was like, what is this word? And then I was like, no, I don't think I have been known to be a habitual drunkard. <laughs> and um, but yeah, the oh, question, the list I of questions is very like, interesting. I feel but like it's my all left over. Something easier. It's yeah, that's true. Us. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's wild. I really want to ask them now. Because, of course, I was grandfathered in, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. same um, with me. My mom became a citizen, and then I was grandfathered in through her. Mm. Yeah. Like, the only people that are waiting right now is, like, lawyers. Yeah. Because it becomes right. so complex. And then, for example, we asked so many couples. Everybody had, like, super smart, pretty high-paying jobs, like, PhDs or, like, do- medical doctors and stuff. And everybody was like, we tried, and we just hired a lawyer. It was too complicated. <laughs> Yeah. And then it's just, it's not worth it. Because if you make a mistake, then Ooh, you have to yeah. start over and they take your money because there's no refunds. Also, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, every, I remember this very specifically, like every form you like pay for. Yeah. Also yeah. It's like so filing, a processing yeah. fee yeah. and like a filing fee. Every you form don't want to be wrong. is uh, you pay. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it was good, you know, because I think it tells a story about how kind of I made my interests like vocal to um, people that kind of are kind of mentors to me but just people around and then they're like yeah. huh i wonder if you know you'd be, Nico interested, would be in interested in this and then it's an opportunity to like be like oh i am interested in this and then anyway so this was our new segment of sharing one highlight so i think we talked a lot about mine, we so did sorry. Yeah. well no i'm always i i was gonna say that we talked a lot about everything yeah yeah we'll see how this We'll, we'll, we'll discuss and see if this is the right yeah. maneuver. Because it's cool. I don't know. I think that these were cool discussions. Yeah. But now we have to talk about Because that's a really hobbies. interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we could talk about immigration another day. Yeah. Where everybody can, like, you know. Have their experiences with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. So. Um, All right. Real topic. 
now real topic. So yeah, inter- <laughs> we've, we've tried to have two topics. So one of them is to share kind of one, one story from our, our week as, as being a scientist, but also being humans and being like citizens and stuff. And the second topic is that it came up that we wanted to talk a little bit about hobbies in academia. And if that is possible, who has hobbies? No, like what hobbies do scientists Andrea has have? hobbies. I have hobbies. <laughs> I do. I do things. I knit. I actually do. You my knit? grandma, yeah, my grandma has me making like little knit like stuffed dogs for. Does she have like a collection? No, they're uh, she's uh, she's gonna donate them to someone. Oh, got it. But she's having me do it. That's adorable. She, I don't know, she has like hand issues now, so she can't really do it. Aww. But anyway, that's not for you helping. I knit. That is awesome. Yeah, but that's not really like the hobby that we're really talking about, are we? Is it uh, not? I, don't I know. guess. I well, the I hobby so. that I had in mind for you is because I know. Uh, people that know you that climb. Right, that's right, yeah. A lot of us climb here. So this is actually, okay, so this is something... I don't climb. (laughs) (laughs) Just just full disclosure. So this is something that, like, we were talking about with Diana, where, like, she has a, a, a bit of a theory about hobbies and people in science and about how, like, a lot of people have artistic outlets. And I don't think that that's untrue, but my take is... Honestly, I think that the hobbies are determined more than anything else, just what the usual hobbies in the area are and what you grew up with, whether or not, like, I yeah. don't really think that, I, mean, I don't know. And, and I think I think, I think think it's an interesting theory because Diana was saying, like, so from my interpretation is um, Diana's argument is saying, like, science is a culture mm-hmm. and hobbies might be determined by your culture and community. So maybe there's a correlation and, like, all scientists probably have similar hobbies. And then... Your argument, and I think, like, you know, I think it's a combination of all, but I do tend to agree that, like, where we grew up and then where we spend our time uh, maybe has even more influenced our scientific community. And I think there's, I don't think there's that many unifying hobbies uh, in science. Um, To be fair, if we were to take a sampling of the people in this building who are grad students and ask them how many of them climb, you would get a really big number. Yeah, same as, like, the engineering center. Because this is Boulder. Because it's Boulder, though. That's just it, because it's Boulder. But a lot of people, there's, like, two, there's two types of people that (laughs) climb in Boulder. (laughs) The people that have climbed and, like, moved to Boulder and applied to grad school in Boulder so they could climb here specifically. And the people who got here and then found and was out like, that it's cool. Yeah. And was like, Me. oh my God, if I don't climb, I'm not going to have any friends. Ooh, that's Ooh. true. That's okay. So that's another point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, climbing is a way of making friends. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of, I don't know, this is just a time issue where grad school just, you don't have time for anything. And so your friendships become very activity oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I like you as a person, you're great, whatever, but I'm probably not going to see you unless I can multitask. Exactly. <laughs> Get my hobby in. Yeah. yeah. Let's do the hobby together. Yeah. yeah which so isn't climb. like, yeah, I don't so love Boulder, that, but. Mm. Yeah. Boulder is very strong in like climbing, hiking, running. Mm-hmm. Biking, oh, yeah, biking, skiing. skiing, yeah, really any of the like. I don't do biking, but I do the other ones. <laughs> Active thing plus a mountain equals yeah. sport. For yeah, Boulder. but I think there's people. We do have other hobbies sometimes. That's true. I mean, I also like I'll dance and stuff. I like swing dance. You, you. <laughs> that is adorable. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? I think we. I'm a seventy-five-year-old woman. <laughs> I think our listeners want a video of you swing dancing. There is a video on YouTube. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Prize to whoever can find it. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was and from. Twitter. It was from college, though. I did like a. Don't don't don't, don't give more thing. clues. Okay. Yeah, let's anyway, see if yeah. people can find it. It's. They probably won't. If it's you okay. don't, I will. Okay. Wow. So it so fun. that is an artistic outlet. 
Is it though? To Diana's, to Diana's argument. Does that count? I don't know. I, yeah, of I course. Like, you're like expressing. I'm not being creative though. I Are you not? Decide, no, because I didn't choreograph it. So yeah, but you're moving your body. <laughs> okay. So it's walking. I don't know. That's a weak argument. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. Also, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I did dance for a lot of years, and everybody kind of puts their own, like, spin on it. Yeah. So that's just it. I don't think that I put my spin on things for my dancer. <laughs> because it's always, I always have done partner dances, and I've always been a follow. And so life is a little bit you different. You can always yell at the, at the, at the at person. The lead. Yeah, the lead I usually don't. The only time I do is if they're brand new, and I'm, like, dragging them there, and I'm like, dance with me. Um, and even then, it's more out of, like, this is how you do the thing. Um, but I've never had to like make the artistic decisions that I think mm. that maybe you have. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like, but I know I don't Wait, have people you who do that. Too? No, I just said that I danced for like many years before. What kind but, of dance? Um, all sorts of dance. When I was really little, I did That's flamenco. Awesome. Really? Yes. Did you have the dresses and the thing I did. and the feathers and, and hair? The... <gasps> I forgot really? what they're called. The, Sorry, like, little, They're like listeners. little spoony thingies. That, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, like mini. <laughs> like I, I so want to, cool. I want to say what it's called, but I know I'm gonna butcher it. It's like, oh no, I'm not even gonna do try. It, do it. It's like. It's like it sounds like the nut, like alcahuetes or some shit like that. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh, now, not now, no, like uh, I don't even know. Like I had it, and then like you said that, and now I don't know. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, I also did ballet for like a very short stint, and then I was a cheerleader in high school. No oh. way. Yeah, that had a zero creative. Um, Input so, at all. So, I bet. Are you, what are your hobbies now? You're a science. You're oh, yeah. Um, I do science. <laughs> Just, Is that your hobby? Um, no, I would say my hobby, like I do hiking. Like I really enjoy hiking. Um, I don't climb. I don't really do things that put my life in danger. Climbing Every, doesn't necessarily. Everybody does. says that it doesn't put your life in danger, but it does. It can uh, if you, well, okay. Anyway, we don't have to talk about it now. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I do like to hike. I like to road bike sometimes. Oh, that puts your life in danger. danger. Yeah. Bikers, yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> but I haven't really road biked even this season yet. Um, I mean, you haven't had much I was, chance. That's true. I was very much, like, told to do a triathlon when Ooh. I first got here, and I was told that it was going to be, like, super easy. They were like, oh, have you biked this much, and have you ran this much, and have you swam this much? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, then you can do it. And then I was like, oh, my that's gosh. That's that's statement. Yeah, that did wasn't real. I did try, and uh, every it's time I trained miserable. for it, it, I felt like I was going to die. It wasn't miserable. Like, I'm happy I did it. I probably wouldn't do it again, but... It was cool, but that's how I got into biking because I, the my favorite part of training for the triathlon was biking. Yeah, so that's another boulder thing then. You're it like, is a boulder you, thing, yeah. yeah. I didn't even you know. You arrive here and they're like, you should totally do all these crazy things. And yeah. Like, I'm not going to do the crazy one, but I'm going to pick this one. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I also like to take pictures. <laughs> um, and... I like to do science communication as mm-hmm. my hobby. I mm-hmm. think it's really fun to like pick a topic and tell people about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, which I, I, I don't think you can relate to at all. No, <laughs> not at all. I don't know what you talked about. Um, <clears throat> and I really like to read, which is like kind of typical. Oh I feel like, bad, but earlier today, literally today, I saw my lab mate reading like a book like a physical book it was hardback and everything like from the library and I was so confused it's like is that a text what are you what are you doing 
I felt bad because, like, I was just curious, but I, like, heard it as I was saying it out loud. It sounded so judgmental. Like, yeah. What, what, are you, what is Like, this? nobody got time. Like, no. I used to read a lot before I got into grad school. Like, read for fun a lot. And then I just ran out of time. Because yeah. then I felt bad if I'm not reading for work. Okay. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? I'll, like, read. And then, and then, like, and then, and then, but then that makes no sense, right? I think you should find. But, like, for example, reading is no longer, I wouldn't say it's an active hobby for me. But you anymore. still get to? I do. I actually, like, really make time for reading because it makes me, like, stay connected with that part of me, like, in that part of my, like, way of thinking and way of writing because I feel like if I'm what only... What do you read? Sorry, I didn't know. Um, uh, the last book I read was Americana. I guess, like, I'm asking, like, the Oh, it's, like, uh, fiction. And... I really like oh. to read fiction. Yeah. Um, my... Fiance partner Cody loves reading nonfiction, and I like picked up one of his books recently, and I literally fell asleep. Like, <laughs> what type of non? Well, it depends. He right? loves like history nonfiction. Like he just loves like history books. Oh really? It's pretty hard. Yeah. So um. So yeah, I, I decided that I just loved like fiction. I love um just like in general fiction, but I love science fiction. Um, mm. my favorite book is Dune. Um, which I read in grad school. Oh, you did? Yeah, I read it in grad school. I read that in high school. That was good. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's good. I did read a really good one, um, maybe a couple years ago. You know, the three body problem. Oh, I read the first two and I couldn't get through. Well, okay, I read the first one and a half. (laughs) My sister gave them to me for my birthday, and I found them difficult to get through and I've been told that it gets better is it boring no it was frustrating there was so do you did you read the full three do you remember that part in the second book spoiler Spoiler alert alert. spoilers spoilers spoilers. but it's not plot spoilers it's like anyway where that guy is going on and on and on about his ideal woman and it's like kind of creepy and really gross so I was gonna say the one I couldn't the one one, it's a good book in many many ways except for that the one thing that it does is like very clearly uh, it's very clearly sexist oh it's like written by a man okay <laughs> it's written by a man, uh, but also has this like whole projection, and it's very, but uh, it's it's very um, how do you say it? It tries to be very sneaky about it, so mm, it's not as bad as it could be. But then, like, if you pay attention, you're like, wait, what? It's yeah, pretty, it's really it's but pretty. It has, icky. It, has oh. some, it has some it has some the concept of the first book. I really like. It's cool, yeah, and the whole thing, yeah, and I've been. And then you know the good thing about the, the thing I like about science fiction is like sure, imagine like the technology, which is like already a pretty good. If it's good, then it's nice. But I, what I really like is imagining, like, the societal consequences inter- and interaction with the technology, yeah. which I think is... You ought to read it. I have them yeah. if you want to and if you can get past it. I have I have the three. I think, no, I have them only the last two. I didn't do anything. Uh, and then um, the first one, I audiobook it. Audiobook oh. it, which is interesting. Well, that's something that huh. I can do now because yeah. I'll do, like, a lot of experiments where it'll, like, yeah. take hours and I'll just put on an audiobook. Like, I was listening nice. to the, um, like, Game of Thrones books. Oh, that's one I tried to read, and I yeah. couldn't get through the first one. Maybe you should. Yeah. Horribly. I thought it. it was horribly written. It's like a nice plot what? and stuff, but I thought it was horribly written. <laughs> oh, my God. Written. I don't know how it's written because I listened to it, so. Wait, how is that not the same? It's different, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. Another thing that I realized that's different, that's something I'm that I do in so books. so much hate now. Have you ever gotten hate mail for anything we've said? No. Okay, then. <laughs> but this, for sure, for me. <laughs> um, no, something that uh, I feel like is like a very distinct difference between listening to a book and reading a book is that when I listen to a book, I'm usually doing something, and if I don't like 
quite catch something, I won't rewind no. to try to listen to it again. I'll just be like, yeah, let's move forward. But in a book, like I will read that paragraph again, yeah. or I'll like look back at it, or I'll like make a note or something. Interesting. I think I'm backwards because I find it very easy to flip back in a book if like if I miss something I'll be, it, it'll I can get it but in an audiobook I have to like find the moment that it happened <laughs> oh no I know oh it's lost God. forever like right. I know if I didn't yeah. hear it it's lost yeah we need to move forward Sorry. what are your anyway, hobbies yeah <laughs> no no I'm like we're, we're talking about hobbies and I think this is good and then we talked about oh I think we 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 had planned on talking about hobbies and if there's like particular hobbies for scientists or not but I think like so far it's particular group I guess we all like to read at some point. I don't know. There's like very hard to make any generalizations, right? I think scientists then, like to read. I'm gonna say that <laughs> as a generalization. I will tell you that I have a few prominent counter examples. Okay, forget it. That forget I that. I said that. <laughs> Hypothesis. This is why scientists. Are but like, I will say that none of them are people that I know from grad school. Are they scientists? Well, yeah, they were like engineers and med students and stuff. Mm. Med students are. Oh, watch out! Watch out! Hate mail round two. I think med students are med students. They're their own thing. They're their own thing. Okay. I wouldn't. Right. You I, wouldn't call them scientists. I wouldn't call but them. They do a lot of research. No, but I no, think, I do. I think. I think. Yeah. So. 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 I think it, maybe let's go into the subculture of like STEM grad student people that have gone through STEM grad school. Okay. If there's like particular unifying teams, but like I think since we all live in Boulder, it seems like there's a lot of unifying teams because of the area, because the culture of being outdoors here is so strong. We're also like, okay, again, we're a little group here where we're all Latino, yeah, Sorry, yeah. But I would say predominant, yeah, predominantly, I think like uh, American like culture is very like outdoorsy in terms of like yeah. these little we're also in a very white place yeah and i yeah. feel like they it's very outdoorsy yeah. yeah yeah like if you just look at statistically we're like definitely less outdoorsy ones and stuff. yeah yeah so one, so yeah, who knows yeah and then um yeah so dual sport i think also i think it seems to me that that people that do a lot of lab work and will um tend to just get outside at some point that's true i know a lot of people who are like i haven't looked at a window in because you know, our oh, you mean have me? no windows. do you also work in a basement i don't work in a basement i don't we work in a no basement windows. but i don't have windows because i work in an optics lab yeah, yeah. So, so my we have windows that are shut the whole time and it's well, so yeah. sad <laughs> because like, oh, because well. of the experiment above all yeah but um <laughs> we shouldn't speak too much too much longer because i think you know this is a yeah. different science episode so um Maybe we'll just finish the conversation now, and if you want to continue on social media. I mean, media can you just tell us day. your what your hobbies are? Really oh, quickly. I didn't say. Okay, no. yeah. so my hobbies are, yeah, I like to climb, I like mm-hmm. to run, I like to hike. Um, so I used to play piano, and then I oh. quit, and then I came back to it, and then I was gonna get a real piano, and then I might sold my electronic piano, but then the real piano thing <laughs> fell through, so I don't have a piano now. So I'm starting to learn guitar. So I do have yeah. kind of this. I don't. I won't call it like an artistic outlet, but. I do like playing video games. Um, mm. There's not that much time in grad school afterwards, but sometimes there's periods of times, and I like video games that like make me. My housemate ha- like still talks to all his friends because they all play video games together. Yeah, because That's what he does. so he does a lot of multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, and I like games that are a little bit more creative. I would like to I think see. than like a single story or things like that. So, um, oh, I like reading comics. <laughs> oh, I forgot cool. about that because I was thinking of like I think video games is something that like a lot of scientists. 
scientists. Male scientists yeah, having common. Yeah, a lot of male scientists have in common. They have, it's like part of the stereotype. Yeah, okay, but I also that. think like a lot of men in general. True. <laughs> true. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know how much of a, tr- a science trend that is. That's true. Yeah. Which, and I was thinking of another stereotype, which is like liking comics and like Marvel movies So and I don't stuff. like comics or Marvel movies. Okay. So I'm... But we're um, cool. We can still be friends. I like... For a long time, I was like, I'm tired of Marvel. I'm tired of superhero movies. I'm tired of all the Chris's. But now, I'm kind of like, I feel bad about it because... The pressure. No, it's not the pressure. It's, I don't know. Because you love it? No, because I felt real judgy about it. And, like, here I am rereading, like, Anne of Green Gables. And so, like... Never. I don't know. I just like the plots are so boring, and it's all are about they though, the, the or money is, it... is all spent in like like. Are you sure? Because I feel like every single individual movie that I've watched have been like, "This is very good." Problem is, nah. it's the same movie every time. <laughs> I would disagree. I know. <laughs> I would all say right. I superhero would say movies. There's, there's a, a lot to be talked about, and there's a, the whole podcast that is actually really good about talking about the science and superhero <laughs> comics and movies. Oh, so, I'm so overhearing people but, telling me like what science isn't isn't right in superhero movies. Yeah, like, oh. I honestly don't even care about that. I just yeah. would say that I had like no like science role models growing up at any moment, and Ooh. I think potentially like being into like X Men because X Men is like my number one uh-huh. uh, okay. comic potentially like gave me insight into like what science is and like what science yeah, could be. Yeah, does have like powerful female like yeah. characters and romance. so that's something that I've always thought about and so maybe I also bent. like that's like cool. it because of that because yeah. it, like I find a place No, I, I'm not saying so I just superhero movies it's like my I have a beef for superhero movies in the last like five years for sure. For comics I can see I can see there is things and it's a subculture and I just never got into it because I, it wasn't strong in Colombia at all, I would right. say. And it's much stronger here. Uh, but I would say, like, movies, definitely movies, like, all, like, movies from everywhere. I, like, I do watch a lot of, that's my other okay. hobby. I do watch a lot of movies. Like, a lot of movies. <laughs> in, yeah. So that then I can hate them. But, like, that's, that's, that's my French side. I will watch the movies so I can be like, oh, that was so terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was just in France. I can I can vouch for that. Yeah, what? yeah. We, it's like the favorite. This is it's, wild it's the favorite national, national sport, I would say. I've never. So, by the way, for oh, the listeners, I, I am French and Colombian. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, so in France, you know, when you want to say something is really good, you say it's really not bad. And that's like the highest compliment <laughs> yeah, you can give to anybody. I can see that. C'est vraiment pas mal is like. Oh my god. So you never said. Anyway, with that, uh, so hopefully people think that this is pas mal. And yeah. Then, and then <laughs> Even uh, if it's we'll, not we'll finish the mal. coffee break because I do need to finish this report. Yeah. So I'll. Great. Um, cool. Yeah. So this A was, plus. Yeah. yeah. Hit us up on social media, y'all. Y'all or A minus. I don't y'all. know. Y'all. Y'all. I think y'all. I like y'all. It's inclusive. Yeah. How do you feel about all y'all? Uh, I think that's the most inclusive. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. Anyway. This was Nico. This was Kami. I'm Andrea. And then you should press the button.